And you know, last minute goals are always sweet if they're for a win or for a draw. You know, they're always they're always very sweet. Damn! 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 But Rovers just kick it long, kick it clear. And now Danny's robbed it off Lee Desmond. Danny Mandrayu running, he's heading towards the penalty box. He's got Lee Desmond for company. Danny's still going, he's in the penalty box. Danny scored! Danny Mandrayu's got us a winner! Yes! 2-1 Rovers! That was brilliant from Danny Mandrayu. He robbed the ball in midfield. Ran half the leg to the pitch. Lee Desmond pushes him, he held him off, held his nerve, squeezed the pass Garrett, and Rovers are 2-1 in front. Bang the hoops! Episode 155 and it's me Gary P And of course the prop Carl Riley Welcome to the Late Night Show everybody uh, Today's guest is Brian Kerr uh, Brian, Brian speak up, can't hear you through all that crying <laughs> and All the salty tears coming out of you from late last minute winners Oh Brian has been shushed Oh dear <laughs> Can't hear you Brian, speak up Oh no, it's all your tears uh, so yeah, fantastic stuff, great stuff. We're gonna have a packed show today, Prof. Still, ta- still sponsored by the fantastic Ocean Electrical. And uh, make sure you mention the podcast when you get in touch with them. They are brilliant at everything they do, and they've looked after us for so long now. Great stuff coming from Ocean Electrical and Leinster Credit, of course. Um, Leinster Credit. Actually, I'll be a, a patron myself soon enough. We're getting some new CCTV cameras in, Prof. We're going for the. Uh, the colour ones so if you want anything done like that you get in touch with Leinster Credit and they will put you on to the right guys and then uh, away you go and you've got CCTV in your house then the crime rates are up in Newcombe the crime rates are going up yeah so that's the guys they were absolutely fantastic to keep looking after us so we're going to talk about the big one prof last minute top of the table win at Richmond Park last Saturday we're going to look ahead to 30 this weekend and there's Tifties in memoriam as we pay tribute to the grey hoop Anthony McDonald, aka Waffles aka Agent of Chaos so it's a packed show today yeah more news now you're probably going to be in tears by the end of that one yeah there's going to be yes. onions it's an emotional one problem it certainly is it's a very very good one and congratulations to you last week, Gar. Last week was your 150th episode. Who is this fella shitting all over me on Twitter? <laughs> Every week I get something from him. Darren, isn't it? Dar Attack, yeah. I think his name is. Oh, I'm coming from. Well, I'm coming from. Well, funny enough, Darren is actually the next part of this. Oh, is he? Well, <laughs> you can read that one fucking out. Right, actually, go on. Let me see what he what he has to say here. So, message from Darren said he was just listening to the podcast about the goal against Waterford. It was a new rule introduced last season. Now, I'd say that's wrong. I'd say all his info was wrong. See, he's just being helpful. No, 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 it's all wrong. Um, misinformation, and he he's <laughs> failed to look up the right stuff again. It's just amateur mistakes. He said the only way I could, uh, the only but I can find was on the Premier League website. It explains the Waterford players. Yeah, we were saying that we couldn't understand why they weren't protesting. Well. 
That's because, uh, as it says here, contested drop balls are a thing of the past. If play is stopped outside the penalty area and a drop ball is required, it'll now be dropped for a player from the team that last touched it, where the touch last happened. Makes more sense, because think about it, like, realistically, <laughs> think about what a drop ball used to be. The ref used to just say, okay, lads, I'm going to drop this ball, and as it hits the ground, the both of you have to violently swing your feet at it and see yeah. who comes out best. Like, it, it made no <laughs> sense ever. Now that I think about it, I have seen this a few times in the last six months or so, but I think it was because it was in such a dangerous position and we scored so quickly and easily from it yeah. that it just felt like something must be amiss here. It did, to us straight away. I was like, yeah. why is nobody doing anything here, you know? That's yeah. what it felt like. Um, there you yeah, go. We had an enemy of the show, Neil Walsh, sent us this statement. He said, I would like to condemn these political statements about Kimmage and they are inaccurate and are contradictory to international law and binding legislation. That is something a Kimmageite would say, or a Kimagian. I'm not even sure <laughs> what the term is. Um, it's, it's like similar to Narnia, Kimmage. It doesn't exist. Northern <laughs> Ireland, uh, Mordor, it's all these places that don't exist. And it's actually we're, this is gonna have to continue on because his, his lawyers are sharpening their pencils. As <laughs> yeah, it is a very very small place. <laughs> uh, we're gonna move on to Simon Coveney as well. Um, to, I, I could say a lot about this guy, but once again, we don't really speak about politics on this, this show. This is the same statement by Neil, by the way. Yeah. Oh, this is the same statement as Neil. He goes <laughs> on. Simon Coveney has publicly made it clear his priority in his role as Ireland Sea and the UN Security Council for 2021 shall be further to consolidate the Kimmage Crumlin border and to acknowledge the independence of the Republic of Free Kimmage. Furthermore, I have lodged a formal complaint to the Broadcasting Association of Ireland citing the hosts of Tifties as abusing their influence as a major media personality to incite a politically biased agenda towards the people of free Kimmage ends definitely a Fianna Fáil head well, definitely what I got out of that was you called us a major media personality that sounds yeah, I great like, I, like, I like that yeah fair play you're not an enemy anymore now um, he also threw us a fun fact it was beneath the ends so that actually wasn't the end uh, Pizza Baker is part owned by a former SK brand player very cool very cool stat I will say that that's um it's huge in Norway, apparently. Huge in Norway, and Prof, you're 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 know this place well by now. So I, I make my way through their whole menu. Yeah, the official I'm, pizza baker of the podcast. I'm about eight toppings in now. Oh, I'm lovely. I'm getting there. Lovely. Tell me this: the age-old debate. Do you like pineapple on your pizza? No, not at all. Under no. no circumstances. I wouldn't say under no circumstances, but just not a fan. If you if it, if it was there, you'd eat it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that bad of a thing, is it? It's not. It's not like a. It's, no, it's not as bad as uh, people, people putting cucumber on absolutely anything. <laughs> now that's there's a special place in hell. Avocado on toast. <laughs> yeah, special place in hell for people who eat cucumbers. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, one of our long time favorite people, Rovers Shamrock Rovers people, is Dave Dunn. Dangerous Dave Dunn, and we're wishing him a speedy recovery. And hoping he gets better soon. And uh, all his kids are mad hoops. He's a mad hoop. Um, there's only <laughs> there's no words for the Dunn family as regards to Rovers. They're absolutely brilliant. And we've interacted with, I think, every single one of them. With Aaron, with Dave, with Rebecca, with Dave Sr. I mean, uh, Rebecca's been on our buses. Aaron's been on our buses. You know, Dave's a great guy. We've been on the bus with, with the Whack Express and all. So, I mean, what a family as regards to hoops. So, we wish Dave a speedy recovery. 
Uh, Pat's 2-1 in Inter Corprof and a tough place to go for the last couple of years and Graham Burke came back in Ronan Finn and Joey O'Brien returned to our back five but Brad's are stuck with his central midfield of Gary O'Neill and Dylan Watson this is what was a talking point last week I did I drop I think I I think I dropped what did we not both drop Danny Mandro oh we did we both dropped Mandro <laughs> oh my god Just, we're, we're, we're geniuses <laughs> I dropped see I told you it goes, it goes both ways he listens some week and then he doesn't another week you know what I mean see it's online games we're dropping these players on purpose that's it that's it um, I, I dropped Borg for the dirty halfway goal as well so that's uh, Dylan Watt's fifth start in a row which doesn't sound like much for other players like last season Jack Byrne or McInniff they would have played like 20 games in a row this but, is the Dylan Watts loving this week but Dylan Watts Rarely starts that many games in a row. Yep, you're dead right. But he plays all of them, has a part to play, doesn't he? He's played in every game since the third twenty twenty. Every game and it's the Dylan Watts love in. Um he was absolutely brilliant. So um I actually did attend this one. Um my first away game of the season. I came came up to the ground and I was greeted by uh Greener on crutches. Oh no, on the boo. Greener with his mate, yeah. So on the way in he wants some Tell me about his mate. Jimbo was he, was he How was this fella Did he look well this fella He looked well He looked well That's grand now That's My first time meeting him I believe Is it I think so I think yeah. First time you met Jimbo Even though he works next door to me <laughs> But uh, Yeah Green wanted some stats So I gave him the Alan Manus one Did he 75 What did he say what 75 in a row He was impressed uh, Brian Kerr Took up his usual spot Over in the Kamak Yep The Scarf on just funny to funny to look at though. Isn't Got he? a long old long old locks now, hasn't he? He needs a, yeah. he needs a Well, the barbers are open, are they? So he'd be yeah. He's gonna get in there now. Make a bugan. <laughs> Make a yeah. bugan. It's just funny to look at over there. At one stage, the ball got stuck in the tree. Probably he, gave a hand getting it out. He just looked fascinated, boy. He just kept looking up, thinking like, "Could I get it down? Will I jump? Will I scale that tree?" <laughs> Uh, so apparently yeah. they were saying in their program that we have been scraping wins. Uh, I I I looked at this. I think I got a hold of this program before before the game, and it's. I think there was a little bit of unprofessionalism again. Didn't they have this before? Um, I noticed it again. Like it's fair enough. You can say what you want on a podcast, but it's your it's your club program. You know, you got to keep it professional. Like uh, El Gogator would tell us, Gogoldino. Is that his eighth nickname? I have to think of something else and think of something <laughs> better. Uh, he would always say, "Just remain professional within within the club capacity," and I don't think that's that, that's what they're doing, to be honest. Um. So yeah, Prof, we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on to the game itself. Chris Forrester in four minutes. I had barely sat down and swallowed my surger points by the time this went in, and I, I looked around like she was sitting there. I think Moya and Jade were with me as well, and I was look. I was looking around. I was like, "Fuck off!" And I was looking around, going, "Is this, is this happening? Like, is this real?" Four minutes in, but it was a good. It was a good strike. In fairness, it was into the ground. It was one of those I haven't seen in a while, where you kind of cannon it into the ground. The bounce took it over, Manus. The ball fell quite nicely for Forrest, didn't it? It was drilled across the box. Yeah. T- took a bounce off an outstretched leg, one of our defenders, and it fell nicely for Forrest. And you say he hit it into the ground. But uh, Pat, did, did you notice how they set up? Yeah, they went four four two. Yeah, it was which, old school, wasn't it? Which caught us off guard, it mm. seems. Billy King, like out they, wide. They burst out of the blocks in fairness to them. They did, yeah. Yeah, I thought they, um, I thought they didn't really go for it as much as they should have after they scored the goal. They were at home. I thought they could have put us to the sword. 
Well, uh, Watts actually cleared one off the line not too long afterwards. Mm. So that was that was a big moment. But um, yeah, they they started really well and caught us cold. But but then we responded brilliantly, and like as early as the twentieth minute, we were making good chances. Rory Gaffney oh. had one from close range. Now this is I'm on the fence about this because a lot of people are saying he should have scored it. Yes, he should have scored it, but it was a good save. Yeah. He spread himself really well. He he was straight out as well. He didn't he didn't hug his line. He was out towards the edge of the box. I thought it was a good save. You have to give credit where it's due. He's a good keeper, and fair enough. Gaffney's one on one. You should be scoring them. But give credit to the keeper as well. It was a good save. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought it was a good save. It was good to see. Yeah, uh, good to see Gaffney getting behind defenders as well like that, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was the pass from O'Neill. Am I right? Um, I think so. Was that the one that put put Minton? Yeah, I think it was. I think. Are you saying O'Neill would have created that goal, Gar? Yeah. Had it been scored. <laughs> yeah. uh, Finner had one as well from close range, another chance. So like, this stage, like we were well on top. We were dominating. Yeah, we were looking. And good. the goal was coming, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. We were pushing on, and Bourke. I think the little bit of a uh, little bit of the argument that everybody's speaking about between Kerr and that, but this is just. This is like any other fan that would do that. Obviously, he knows. Like, here's the thing. He knows Bork is the danger player. So he's targeted him for a little bit of word, a few words in his ear. That's all it is. Because he knows Bork's the danger man. He knows he's going to get in his ear. I think they were having an argument with Finn and Bork were having an argument. And I think he turned around and goes, yeah, you tell him, Ronan. Yeah. You tell him he is wrong. Or you should be giving out to him. Something along the lines of that. So he's yeah. looking at him going, fuck off, will you? Best way to shut all the uh, salty tears up. It's birdie one in the bottom corner, and uh, superb stuff. On on the uh, it was great. and the lead up to the goal prof. I was very happy with this, and the build up some really good play Watts again. from Watts. How silky and smooth was Watts? Like a slaloming skier going down the Alps. Absolutely fantastic. And I think the second time he, it's like he went to go and beat him again, and then he laid it off, and uh, Borg comes in with that wand. Of a left foot and buries it at the at the near post, and he think he was a little bit short sighted, uh, the arrows, and he couldn't see, it, but the pace took it in. So really happy with that. He got criticised for that goal, didn't he? Yaros. I don't think I think it was a but, good shot, and he was blindsided slightly. Yeah, I think so. And buried in the bottom corner, lots although, of pace on it, you know. Although Burke was given way too much time and space, it's it always shocks me when teams give him space. He's gonna shoot because it's just what, what he's gonna you, shoot every what time. Expecting. Yeah, so yeah, Watts on fire lately, isn't he? Oh, he's just a man. I mean, he really is. And this is what we've been doing. Haven't we been talking about this? The way we can transform and the management team can transform players into what they want from them. And we talked about this maybe pre-season. And we were saying that Watts is the next project. Pico was the big one. Jack was another one. And now Watts is the big project for us to mould him into what we want him to be. And it's working mm. at the minute. So very, very happy with that. It's working. He's doing a lot of creating, girl. Yeah, and that'll create improv. By the way, Burke got uh, booked for that uh, celebration with Brian Kerr. Would he have gotten booked if the whole stand was there? So the whole, if the Kamak was the full? What's for? For inciting a riot of Brian Kerr? Yeah, so for, for shushing a geriatric man on the Kamak. But he didn't even go over the touchline. He just stood there and put his fingers to his lips. Absolutely no reason to do. Maybe well, the, he, he could have been saying it to the residents. Who were making a noise and he's like, Shh, we're trying to play a game of ball. Could have been here. talking to the tree that had been that had trapped a football up there yeah, earlier. That's it. Could have been anything silly booking, really. It shouldn't have been a booking. Some actually speculated that the reason Burke did that stem back to 2018 when Kerr had said that Burke 
shouldn't have been included in the Ireland squad. And that picture started doing the rounds on WhatsApp. Obviously, there's been a bit of needle there between yeah. them. And like Borky wouldn't be the type to hold a grudge, really. But Kerr started it for, as by all accounts. Kerr started it, so uh, Borky finished it. We came to half time then, Prof. Uh, what were you thinking yourself? I was thinking probably didn't want that half time whistle to come because no, even after the Berkey goal, we were really putting them under the cosh. How good is Gary O'Neill? Ah, he's just superb, isn't he? One of the first names in my team. And I'll be honest, I doubt with him coming back in. I thought to myself, can he recreate his form? Can he come in and keep his place? He's just so smooth and smart, and it's he just goes unnoticed at times as well, where he'll he'll just dictate the play from the middle of the park and he's just such a smart footballer and his, his football and IQ is just way above a lot of people so really really happy he's getting a couple of games now as well and like I said I don't think he, don't think he can't be dropped at the minute by the way Kerr came around to the other side of the ground after his little altercation someone was asking him about it for and a cup got, of tea and a package of crisps <laughs> yeah someone asked him about it he goes I've heard I'll be far oh yeah the usual yeah so half time anyway and like we said we didn't want it to end and uh, did you get an old cup of bottle yourself prop at half time I got a, got a cup of tea was there anything else was it, was it just the tea no hot food or anything like that I didn't know any food on sale you would have sniffed out yeah. a burger if there was burgers yeah, I'll tell you it was no glimmer or sweet no, was not. <laughs> you know Twix or a snack in there you would <laughs> so the second half prop and early on Joey felt his calf again unfortunately hopefully not as bad Um yeah, so Pico, good. Pico came on for Joey then. Pico straight in there, getting the minutes into his legs. So in fairness to the past, they really pushed up and they knocked us out of our rhythm. Started the second half. Yeah, in the second and half, I agree with you there. Yeah, Brad, Without really creating much though. Bradley had to kind of deal with it, didn't he? Like he, he took off Burke, he uh, brought on McCann. Kind of Bork, a, a booked Burke is always a sub, isn't it? Because he can make a few rash decisions, a few silly things, you know. Whereas it wouldn't even be a tackle, he'd just pull someone's collar or, you know, a silly fell. So a booked bork is always something you need to look at. True, yeah. But Pats were probably the better team, weren't they, second half? Yeah, I think um, so. In spells, in spells, definitely in spells, yeah. We we had a free kick saved and we had a goal that's allowed, but in terms of past chances, like, were, were they really threatening us? No, I don't think so. I mean, they... they their final third wasn't great. They got into a couple of good positions, but then they just they kind of blew their beans. You know, there's nothing really. Mm. They didn't do much. Can't think of Al having too much to do now. Mm. So really happy with that. But we the free kick save, Prof Danny. Yeah, uh, decent save by the keeper. And you know, it's Raf behind the goal. Showed <laughs> some good hands there. No, push no. the push the ball away and the re- on the rebound. Yeah, had to think fast there. Good old Raf. Um. Yeah, and then we call Bradzer. Bradzer called Danny over at one stage and told him when he gets the ball to run at them, he says, they can't live with you. And how right he was. But see that type of thing, right? That just fills him full of confidence, especially when your management team are saying it to you. You've got Bradzer in your ear. You're probably practicing it and training. And he's saying to them, run at them. You have got... That's an assist for Bradzer. That's that's a creation for Bradzer, <laughs> in my eyes. Because t- like, if we're going to talk about the goal, I want to talk about the goal. We have to move on to it because... There's so many aspects of this goal we have to discuss. So the 92nd minute, big hoof comes out, and Desmond. I think Desmond does the right thing and takes a touch, looks to play it down. But well, it's it is such a heavy touch. But then he hesitates, and he's. It's like he's thinking, okay, 
I'm in between here. Am I going to tackle him or go for it? Goes for it. Danny nips in. And then he is gone. Like a hot snot. But I'm thinking to myself, no. This is a half chance. Because he's so much to do. Yeah. This is a half chance here. He's on the halfway line. He's going to keep going. So you have Desmond who's neck and neck with him. I'm thinking he's going to take him down. He's going to nick it. But I'm, Desmond's thinking has to be, he's not going to score. That's what it must have been. I'll get a block in eventually. That's what I'd say he said. Because there's no way he's going to score from this. He's on the halfway line. He's got to run all the way. The length of the pitch. I'd say Desmond's thinking, he hasn't going to score. He doubted him. Well, he and you've Sam Bowen, who just runs in a straight line. <laughs> a straight line. I know. It's like he's doing the 100 metre sprint. I'm looking at him going, what are you doing? I'm like, he's just running straight. And then Lennon got back as well. Keeper, some people are saying the keeper was poor, but he just went straight at them. They couldn't deal with him and he slotted it in the bottom corner. Absolute mayhem picture the scenes we're in a packed packed stand shed end is hopping or the no shed end is hopping everybody's waiting you're watching the silence just grips you as he goes to strike the ball boom scores it goes nuts he runs over to the stand and then we sing gimme, a song gimme 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 <laughs> he's in front of the stand too the things that we've missed out on because yeah. of fucking this but yeah oh man oh, he was up Soldier, I had to get the walls painted again. Soldier, Guinness everywhere. Oh, I couldn't believe we it. She was on the phone to her ma, and she was like, What, what happened? And I'm like, yeah. I'm up jumping around, going, Yes! And then her ma goes, Rovers are playing, aren't they? <laughs> it's pretty lively in the stand as well. Ah, uh, yes, it looked great actually. There's a good, good, it's a good sound coming from the stands actually. So you've got yeah. all the players. and Yeah, do you know what's that in the replay? Like, a pretty good. Good reaction. I love that, yeah. I love when yeah. they score and you hear, yeah, and you can hear the little comments every so often. I love when the ball is played to Desmond and you just hear, time! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, not if you're that sloppy, though. <laughs> but uh, like like you were saying, when he, when he had that, that long tussle with, with, with Danny. All Desmond had to do was do something. But we're all it? thinking, like, this could be a penalty. Yeah. Obviously, Desmond had it on his mind. Let's be as honest, well. did you doubt Danny? Did you think he'd score? Not that you doubt him, but you just didn't think it was that much of a chance. Yeah, I, I, like you said, that was a half chance. Yeah, I couldn't believe well, I mean, it. But like the hunger he showed to win that ball, the, the strength to hold off Desmond, and then the score from that angle. That, and I think Sam Bowen ran. I think he ended up in the apartment block because he just kept <laughs> running for his gump, running straight through. It's a superb goal. It really is. But uh, like, what were you thinking in the last ten minutes? In the last 10 minutes, I was I wouldn't have taken a draw. Let's just get that clear. The draw seemed inevitable, though, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it I just wouldn't have taken it. It just felt like this is going to play out a draw. The pass were kind of on top. If anyone was going to score, it probably them. I was a little bit weary of them yeah. getting a nick and one. That's what I was thinking. Um, I had consigned ourselves to... The, like, I admitted to the draw. Like, I'm thinking, this is going to be a draw. It's going to be very... Because the last 10 minutes were very... Like, there was nothing happening. There was a nothing event, really. Until... Uh, Desmond blew his beans early and having said that like uh, if you heard Danny interviewed afterwards he said that they were kind of on their feet after 80 minutes and you could kind of sense that in the stand as well the players were beside me and they were like Gary you don't know stress until you have Ronan Finn Joey O'Brien and Aaron Green harassing you for how much time is left on the clock <laughs> you me personally Why are you asking you? Just me. You're the clock boy Only now. What do you mean? There's other people around me. Where are you? What's the story? Ah, yeah. And this was a disaster. My phone froze twice. I had to restart it twice. I can then, only imagine them on your... Ah, yeah, prof. <laughs> they were getting annoyed at me. 
And then I lo- I opened again. Then the internet went down. And then you knock off I basically I was like, sorry, that I actually don't know how much time is left. I'm sorry. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Like, uh, prof. Seriously, Gary, it was every minute. It was like, what's left, prof? What's left, prof? Prof, what's, prof? what's left? Ah. Uh, yeah, so the, the thing, one of the big things that I'm, I'm very happy with was uh, just the man, the manner of the goal to score against these. Like, they were sick. And uh, I think one of my Pat's pals I text him and the goal hadn't even gone in yet and he said listen sometimes the better team doesn't get anything out of it you know a draw wasn't a fair result and then he scored I just sent a message going <laughs> learn him yeah, yeah. but that that was the difference well, I mean, we've had three late winners and two late equalizers but in the other games we were the dominant team in those in this case it was it was more of a snatch wasn't it Snatches, right, yeah. definitely, yeah. But we Des Curran again, prop more flat commentary for a special goal. Uh, <laughs> on platform one, would you please collect your bag? Fuck's sake, Danny has ran half the pitch and scored from a really near impossible angle in the 92nd minute. <laughs> Bravo, old chap. In a top of the table clash yeah. <laughs> between two Dublin almost rivals. The Diet Dublin Derby, as we were calling it. Um, if you want to yeah. hear a superior commentary, uh, Dennis Donahue for the audio describe commentary. Absolutely brilliant. Now, that was good. This made the weekend after I heard it. I thought to myself, like, that's what you need. That's a f- that's our commentary. That's a hoop. Yeah. Member, season ticket holder, volunteer, getting absolutely superb enjoyment though of commentating and that's listen it's gonna it's around forever now so and besides all the obvious reasons you know why Dennis enjoyed it a bit more he was beginning to think he was a jinx oh yeah because every time he stepped out of commentary the goals would be scored while someone else was on oh so he was on and he didn't so he, he, get had, he hadn't actually commentated on a goal yet no way for Roberts. yeah no that was his first yeah. what a goal to start with uh, another late winner though Prof and once again hook it to the veins yeah. the sickness of the rest of the league absolutely hating this and this is hilarious because you whenever Dundalk used to do this Dundalk had a, a, a pension for doing this for years or seasons and they'd be one all against like fucking Finn Harps at home and I'd be like Prof this is looking good and you'd be like no no <laughs> not looking good they're going to score and they'd score <laughs> sure, and, sure enough they'd score and did you ever read the chat they're all watching the game they're all like, like really absorbed in the game, and I'm I'm the only one not watching it. <laughs> I'm just like no. Yeah, you're not, like no, they're gonna score. I'm not interested. <laughs> they're gonna score. That's the rest of the league now. We're we're that team. But um, who who are we giving the assist for that goal, uh, Desmond? Is it? Oh, here here we go. This is the thing. Do we did we talk about this? Did we talk about this last week? Well, what happened last week was... Uh, a rail erupted. No, over. A- apologies to Dylan Watts last week. That that goal for for Gary O'Neill. Uh, when I saw it at the time, I saw it live, and it, all I saw was a bit of pinball, and I didn't watch it back properly. It was an obvious assist for Watts. Oh, I don't know about that. No, it was. Keeper dropped it. No, no, that's the that's the Gaffney one. Okay, sorry, the Gaffney one. What were we talking about then? No, the Gaffney one was Harps. Right, so what were we yeah. talking about? Sorry, I'm mixing my me, me goals up here. Yeah. What goal were we talking about? The Waterford game on the bank holiday. Okay. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah, yeah, Was yeah, yeah. drilled into the box. Only a scored. Right. 
So that was an assist. But this this is a bit of an issue though, isn't but it? But the Harps one. It's not an assist. Some people are saying like, oh, in fantasy football it goes down as an assist. Yeah, that's a virgin's assist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that now. It's a tricky one, isn't it? But who who not there's there's no assist for this officially. It's a dispossession from an yeah. opposition player. And then he goes on and scores. So let's just clear that one. What up. he created, in fairness. Who? Was a horror. He created the. Was a horror who launched it, yeah? He created the, the opportunity for Desmond to fuck up. Yeah. Let's say that. <laughs> let's leave it on that one. I honestly just don't care much about these assists. Oh, I do, I do. If I someone, like, even the assist before the assist, I'm interested in. <laughs> if someone wants to keep track of, of all of them and just send it to us throughout the season, knock yourself out. And Garrick can, whatever the person's name is, say it's James or something. <laughs> Garrick can just go, James with the assist stats. Yeah, yeah. And actually, Bill Gleeson has weighed in on this, Garrick. Oh, Billy boy. Um, by and large, I couldn't give a flying fuck about assists um, because it's only for um, nerds and uh, virgins and uh, fucking other ne'er-do-wells. Having said that, um, no, I don't actually care. So, fuck off. Yeah, so I actually, I genuinely said it to him. I said, listen, Billy, I need your opinion on this. And then that was the response I got. <laughs> I was in fits. Um, so, five yeah. points cleared at the top of the table. Five, ten points played and an absolute mountain of a haul taken in. I'm really, really happy with that. I mean, you'd have taken your hand off for that haul yeah. after, like pre, pre-four pre series. So, really, really happy with that. And we have another gear or two to go up, don't we? We certainly do have another gear or two to go up, yeah. I think we've a lot... Defen- defensively, we can be better as well. So, um... Five, five points clear, Gary. The only problem is... <sighs> balls... They have better posters than us. Yeah, I know. I mean, they have Dennis the Menace. We have... Dylan Watts. They have... Bob Marley. We have... Five point bleed at the top of the table. <laughs> I mean, what would you really which, want? Which is more important? I just really, I'd, I'd really love to exist. <laughs> just exist. I want to exist. You know what I mean? Trophies don't matter. Um, just going back to the late goals, Garrett. I think I was was Brad just saying like it's a great habit to have, isn't it? Yeah, I think Matty O'Dowd is the one who keeps saying that <laughs> it's not luck if you keep on doing it. Yeah. So very, very true. Maddie, I've, I've worked that into the team news questions this week. So <laughs> if I could credit you, I would. But um, yeah, Mark McCadden was saying he he had a tweet up about Stephen O'Donnell. He was asked in the build-up to the game about Robert's knack for scoring late goals. And O'Donnell said this. He said, yeah, it's not a fluke, but what you have to remember is that if you're one of the strongest teams, what happens is if the game is level, is that it's the stronger team doing the majority of the pressing and on the law of averages, they're going to be the one getting the late goals. The opposition are probably thinking a point against this team is a great result. Yeah. And they will sit in a bit over the course of the season. The stronger team will win. You saw over the years Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. They are doing all the pressing. So there will be late goals. It's a very good knack to have. And while we can see the late against the dock, we've had two instances ourselves scoring an injury time. Um... It happens when there are tired bodies and tired minds. The more people tend to switch off, you see it all the time. It is. That's that's a, that's a great analysis of it. It really is. Great analysis of our winning goal against Pats. Mm. Which he said before the game. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. 
No way. There you go. Yeah, so in half of the Hoops' 10 games this term, they have scored goals or of substance in either of the final two minutes of normal time or time added on. So Rovers' time, as some have now christened it, I like that, that yeah. is going to stick. Rather than Fergie time, it's Bradley time. Yeah, Bradley time, the late late show. So performances, prof, uh, man of the match for yourself. I thought Gary O'Neill was brilliant in the middle again. Um, quietly went about his business um, with some really good performances. Uh, does Danny take it home for get the man of the match for the late goal maybe, maybe purely because of his winner mm. um, Sean Hoare was excellent brilliant I love him in the centre yeah. when he played in the centre I think he's a little bit more confident because he knows he's got two boys on the right and the left and the way he goes out with the ball as well see that shot he took as well he had an absolute <laughs> rasper of a shot saved some connection mm. on it that was brilliant um, I think I'd probably prefer Sean Hoare in the middle and have a grace on the left hand side with, with his left foot and then maybe Pico or Joey depends on if Joey's fit mm. we'll top of that in certain levels and predictions in a while but he's brilliant in the centre he's so confident and these diagonal balls he keeps launching out to Liam Scales yes pingers as we like to call them um, but afterwards in the medium Brad's are rubbished any question marks of a man Droy who actually have a revelation about his name as well it's possibly pronounced different again you're so, doubting his pronunciation of his own name. Believe it or not, yes. <laughs> okay. Now, that doesn't sound too far-fetched, but we are. We're doubting it. Because a family member of his pronounces it differently. <laughs> so, we'll get, we'll come back onto this. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, he praised his attitude and said he's a joy to work with. In fact, as a reminder of what he said in this very room last December, just after we signed Danny. Dan- <laughs> no, that was when we did. Sean, uh, Danny Mandrew... Is a fantastic young player with really, really. Can we delve into the Danny Mandrew saga? Yeah, is there a saga? Well, (laughs) maybe it was created by the fans, but has it been ongoing for a while now? And was it was it tough to get it over the line? No, it wasn't. It hasn't been ongoing. Um, I spoke to uh, Daniel a few weeks back, um, but it wasn't uh, ongoing. We literally had a minute on the phone, and we just said we'd, we'd sit down at the end of the season. That's as far as it went sat down and it was done within a day yeah um, yeah so it wasn't ongoing when, once I sat down and got a feel for him as a person um, I knew he was the right fit for us yeah you fit in and you yeah, do well so, yeah. uh, and, and so that's Brazzer Brazzer and a fantastic quote from uh, Taste of the East End the Brazzer cast prof yep um, Mandrew won't be a good signing they said mm. don't sign him they said bad attitude they said I'm telling you, he was mistreated at Bose. That's what it was. He was mistreated at Bose and he just needed a loving arm around the shoulder. Get over here, you. Give us a wear. Get in here now. And he's been uh, totally refurbished as a footballer. He's absolutely brilliant. Four goals now, yeah. Yeah, he's been fucking brilliant. Absolutely superb. Really good to watch. Dangerous footballer. Um, Great. Really look forward to seeing him for the rest of the season. Do you think he knows we have a song for him? (sighs) That's the only sad part. No, he couldn't because... Unless someone's... No, because there's no even videos going around. That's how they generate, isn't it? That's how they gain popul- like popularities when it happens in the stand and it's clear and it's concise and you can hear it in a video yeah. or a chant and they're looking up at the stand that they score a goal and they're, you know... Jay Thomas and Karen Stafford, get on TikTok and just send Danny the video. Let him know what's happening. I don't think they're talking because they're, <laughs> they're disputing over the lyrics. I'm sorry, but it's... It's Stafford for me. Oh, he was singing this all week. I swear to God, I was singing it all week, and it's actually a belter because it goes so well. So really, I have my own version actually. Go on. This 
could be very controversial now, but it goes, Gimme, 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 enjoy you after midnight. Pronounce his name correctly or I'm not singing at all. <laughs> well, spelled that one out. There you go. Um, so yeah, him and his missus, Charlene, set to appear on Come Dine With Me. And um, yeah, that's a bit of random information, isn't it, Prof? What would you, what would you cook? What would your starter be if you were on Come Dine With Me? Well, not burgers, anyway. I'd go for a... Chicken and mushroom, voulez vent. <laughs> I think I'd go with that. And I'd have a nice steak, onions, bit of pepper sauce. What, what kind of wine? Oh. Merlot. Merlot. A robust <laughs> Merlot. Um, yeah, so he's going to be on Come Down With Me. Um, I don't think there's any other footballers on it, but... Well, if Instagram has taught me anything, and, and it hasn't, <laughs> it's that Danny likes a nice burger. So, I think he'd be tempted to go for that. That's the way to his heart, is it? True, yeah. true, uh, true burgers. Did you also you liked uh, Bradger's dig at at Bowes? Oh, you? I love them. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, um, I think he turned around and he said something along the lines of, "It's the fittest we've ever had, Danny. It's the fittest he's ever been." I'm just thinking, yeah. "Oh, little rib shot there. Take that long, <laughs> little rib shot." A uh, couple of quick stats before we move on. Um, that was Bradger's 150th league game in charge. So he's played 150. 188 Landmark Central 188 Drew 27 Lost 35 Scored 255 Conceded 124 And Sounds good We're now on a 10 game Unbeaten run Against Pats Some run Sounds good Second best run Of all time against them We went 13 Without defeat In the late 60s Early 70s So that is the stats Props Random Stats here now. Stat darts. Stat darts. Yeah. United fans, Prof. Manjanoire have robbed the Mandroyu chant for Cavani. So um, it is. It's a. It's a catchy one though. It can. It can go with a lot. It can go with a lot. So give us your big reveal. What's What's this about his pronunciation of his name? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to it till I actually speak to the to the to the family member. But I've gotten from a good source, but like every good reporter, probably you have to make sure your, your info is right, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get it done, but it is pronounced differently. So hold tight for that one. Alright, so we're on to other results now, probably Derry 1, Longford 1, um, Dundalk nil, Sligo 1, Dundalk are on a slippery slope towards relegation. With Waterford nil, dropped at 7, the under 19s getting spanked. I picked dropped at, let's just, that's my last man standing pick. That was pre. Covid, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just a bit of master class. Do you want to send me a voice now? Master class from the Parsons fella. You went with Cork, didn't you, Prof? I did. I'm just going to go against Wexford every week from now on. Uh, the the golden goal, the bumper bumper golden goal was controversial last week. Jaden won it, believe it or not, right in the fifth minute. But then the score got changed, and I told him after 78 minutes, and he's jumping around like a madman. And the score it went from live score from five to four, so we had to change the winner. He was heartbroken. Heartbroken. Well, Leinster Credit came in to save the day and they added more to the fund. So, again, we'll be going again this week. So, if you were interested in the bumper golden goal, great feathers. Yeah, the top lads. Top lads. So, if we're interested in it, get in touch with us. And uh, through Instagram is probably the best bet if you want to get in touch with the golden goal. You can join the WhatsApp group and enter in through Revolut. So, it's great crack. Uh, I mean, if. Well, if 45 people are in it, you get two numbers each. And it's pretty good value for a fiver if you get two chances. Um, but it is, it's a, it's a bit of crack. It makes it more interesting. But we bowls 4-0 at Finn Harps. Prof. I was really disappointed with that. I didn't think Finn Harps would lie down and, and get walloped. Did you hear Audie Harkin's interview after they beat Derry? 
as usual, like he's not talking about them getting the win at Derry, their first ever league win at the Brandywell. And he's talking about like like oh we have to we have to play balls next week, you know. They're gonna hammer someone in week mm. any day now. We hope hopefully it's not us. They ended up getting hammered. He, he called them dead on. It's crazy, isn't it? Um and we had another Gary Shaw <laughs> Gary Shaw go in Galway. I got a text it was late on the Saturday and he was like, I do love Galway away. <laughs> I was laughing I was thinking Jesus he loves Galway and I sent him the the little clip of Winston talking to him about the Galway goals it says uh, your goal against Galway I tell you you you, you love scoring against Galway huh yeah, I was going to say I was going to say there which goal because there's a few of them I tell you and then of course um, the Galway keeper is friend of the show Mr Connor Cairns and we had a bit of an expletive Coming from the brother when we put that into the WhatsApp group about poor old Shazi. I won't even there. Uh, I think, what did he say? Tell him to fuck off, the useless ginger. See you next Tuesday. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor old Shazi. But Shazi back banging them in and Galway. Unfortunately, Conor Cairns was, uh, was the goalie. So that's a 2-1 win out in Bray. They were bound to win. They're probably going to let it run now, I'd imagine, uh, Bray. Um... So yeah, that's big out. Big man Shazzy, the big red machine scoring again late in Galway. Waterford prof. Forfeit the Sligo game at the weekend. Controversial. Well, as we record here, uh, reports are they're planning to forfeit. We don't know yet, but it would be logical, wouldn't it? Well, it would make sense because you don't want to be getting a spanking again like at 7 0 and getting the kids like that. It's not right. That's kind of. But it's as. kind of shit, doesn't it? Like. So they don't forfeit the Drogheda one. So Drogheda gets seven goals. Big boost of that goal difference. Yeah. And then they do forfeit this one. It's just... You wonder who makes this decision as well, wouldn't you? Maybe it's the um, it's the head coach. It makes the, the league look very tin. Oh, but it is. It is. It makes it look terrible. But as as of maybe two or three hours ago, they have appointed Mark Burcham. And Prof, we will be yep. familiar with this gentleman because we've been listening to the Under the Cosh podcast and he was one of the most entertaining people you can imagine. And this fella has spent time in a maximum prison in <laughs> st- in the States. Listen to that podcast, Under the Coach, Mark Burcham. Good player in his day as well. He was the one with the blonde and the blue mohawk for QPR. I remember him, yeah. Yeah, I remember him well. And 17 was, caps for Canada. Yeah, good player. And just listen to the podcast. Like This fella was getting shanked in prison. And he had to defend himself and everything. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. I think his last role was with Barbados FA, so... Uh, check it out it's such a ball from the blue like. well I was reading his Wikipedia page it didn't say anything about Barbados it just said his, he has some coaching jobs at uh, Millwall and QPR where he was a player and he had a couple of coaching jobs in the US at the time of recording of the under the cosh one he was, he was definitely in the Caribbean yeah, he had a contact there. I'm not too sure. Could have been a former player. Was he was he senior manager there? Was he? No, he no. was. I think he was just an advisory role or something. Maybe you know, like a McPhail role, something along those lines. Well, in that case, his only job in senior management was a brief caretaker job at QPR in 2009. When which manager was suspended? Gare League of Ireland link. Ooh, Brian Laws. Jim Magildan. Jim Magildan, gaffer at QPR. Yep. Jim Jordan, who I have to say, I'm enjoying his interviews. They're spiky. They're spiky. That's the <laughs> word. Oh, they're great. And I'm just hoping Tony O'Donoghue lobs in a grenade every so often. I'm just going, come on, Tony. Come on. Ask him about Bill. Ask him about something. You can hear in Tony's voice, he's basically asking him about team selection. He's a little bit giddy as well. Yeah. Tony. Oh, Tony. Uh, Jim. 
How about the team? He's a little bit giddy at times. I'm thinking, oh, and if you know what the interview is getting at, Jim would be like, in what sense? Oh yeah, and then the interview is find that in due course. In due course. In due course. As for Waterford, though, I mean, some people are making league tables already without them. Get your asterisks ready. Yeah, no, uh, that's. I don't like. Pre- I don't like predicting the whole series and stuff like that. Now it's it's brutal. If that was the case, then we only brought the unbeaten record in the Bats game. If Waterford were to go, but um, they're just a mad club. Yeah, it's mental. It's not right. Something's not right at the minute. Uh, apparently, um, they haven't heard from Lee Power. This so, is what the. So who's the point? In they these ha- I don't know. They haven't heard from him at all. No one at the club has heard from him. He's living in Switzerland or something like that. So they haven't heard from him, and I think Bertram's just going to arrive and go, "Yeah, I'm the gaffer." <laughs> it's nuts. Well, who replaced Pat Fenden as director or whatever oh, he was? Oh God, I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe they didn't replace him. Didn't feel like they needed mm. him. Yeah, him and Alan Reynolds were on LOI Central a while back, weren't they? Like that seemed to work that relationship. Yeah, yeah. No, Rennie's a great guy, and Ian Morris is going to be looking over his shoulder if he doesn't get results because Rennie will slot right in there. You know what I mean? He's a ready-made replacement. But the dog prof beating again. Players were cop breaking COVID rules in Belfast. This is great. I'm just hooking it to the veins again. There it was one of their own fans that took the picture as well. <laughs> uh, and Jimmy Jilton didn't know anything about it. He would have been frotting. Training was cancelled the next day. I think you would have been more pissed off that they weren't giving him a heads up. You were going up for a piss up. <laughs> but then we had, um, or actually it was before this. It was like a week or so before that. Uh, Shane Keegan was on off the ball. And he said, I shouldn't be Dundalk manager. I never wanted to be Dundalk manager. I'm not qualified to be Dundalk manager. Nuts. Mental. Not insane statement, like. That's great. You have to love his honesty, though. Yeah. It's brilliant. I love it. He's always been a likeable guy. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, Yeah. no, I I agree with you. We've we've said that as well. We've said that on the show. He is very hard to dislike, so. But no, once again, it's great watching Dundalk uh, crumble. And Dundalk fans, Gar are planning a protest for our game with them at Oriel Park on May 21st. And what have they got planned, Prof? What are they going to try? Apparently they're going to stop our team coach Good luck. from that's getting to their ground. That's all I'll say. Good luck with that. Oh, no, I'd say, actually, I encourage them <laughs> to try that. See what happens. That's all I'll say. We'll leave it at that. All eight of them. Yeah, good luck. See what happens. But yeah, Prof, it's an emotional time for me. Glenmore Rovers are back. They've been resurrected brought like the phoenix and uh they sent us a message so glamour a little background check on them it's so you just ru- felt a little twinge in your yeah, knee there did you yeah. like all the old injuries come oh up. man that, honestly sh- sometimes they mightn't even have it on a pitch it should be in the octagon in these <laughs> ucfl leagues because some of the worst injuries i've ever seen have been on the in that league but i'm not exactly trying to entice people in here am i it's not really doing them any favors but now they're back glamour always are back we used to play for our of uh, Aylesbury and it was brilliant it was all Rovers fans eventually you'd get the odd really good player that wasn't playing uh, that wasn't a Rovers fan but mostly all Rovers fans all going we won a league we won a shield some dramatic matches played against Bowes supporters club in a in a league before we they'd won the league the night before there was mayhem on the pitch there was a big riot at the home game you know it was just really really cool times to be playing ball with all the Rovers fans and they're back and they're uh they sent us a little message so we're going under the name Glenmore Rovers hoping to enter into the United Churches League looking at Walkinstown Park for our home ground and training on Wednesday evening as far as we know still early days Chester Healy Big Tommy Big Tommy Kelly Polly O'Brien and Pat Tutty Jr 
setting up a football committee. You were still looking regarding insurance, pitches, nets, etc. Hoping to get a bit of sponsorship money to get the ball rolling. We are back in Sundrive on Friday at 6. So Sundrive Park Friday at 6 o'clock. If you want to get down, have a game of ball. There's trials. And if you fancy popping down, uh, there's more details. So get in touch with our Glen Malore Rovers Instagram page and bring your boots. So Pat Tutty is involved there. He is bringing back his role as water boy and general gimp. So he's... Um, Looking forward to getting back into that role. But no, it really, really was one of the most enjoyable times ever playing for this team and get in touch with them because it's great. And if you can donate anything to the GoFundMe, please do because it's expensive. Uh, it's expensive business trying to get a team into the league. You've got pitch fees, you've public liability, you've nets, you've everything, kits, the whole lot. Kits is expensive on its own. So uh, we could sponsor them, Prof. I reckon the old crest would look great on the front of the jersey, the bag of cans. <laughs> Yeah, they've started a fundraiser, as you say. Uh, five player-issued Europa League jerseys uh, have gone up to help raise funds for Glenmore or Robber. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully a success. Yeah, so big thanks to the players who personally donated their jerseys for auction. And there's a few quid rolling in already. So, like we said, definitely get involved. And uh, I think we'll have a little section on it as well. We'll have a little review. And we might even get some highlights produced as well by... Assure Media, we can nearly rope him in. We know he's listening. Roping him into all sorts at the minute. Uh, so that was Glenn Malore, yeah. And, jeez, I just remembered, uh, Diabo sponsored us as well. So that's another connection to the Abo as well. Big Gar, anyone who drinks in the uh, in the Abo knows Big Gar, the barman, he was our left full. It was like having an extra out of 300 playing in the back line. <laughs> this fellow was a monster. And I think a lot of teams used to play it on the right-hand side just so they wouldn't go near him. <laughs> he was huge. But uh, yeah, no, great times and great memories. So, Liam Scales, Prof. Scalesy has won the Clothes Player of the Month and well-deserved. Rightly so as well. He was uh, he was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic in the month. No poll needed for best goal in April. No, not Berkey had that one wrapped up. So that was goal of the month there. We uh, Rovers are set to send Neil Farouja to a specialist in London in an attempt to fix the hamstring problem that has put his career on hold. The highly rated Farouja has been dogged by hamstring issues and made a short-lived comeback against Waterford before withdrawing injured after recordings in the same area and this is something that we've done I do I like this I like the way we sent I think we sent Sam Bone and Shawzy to London to get their faces fixed we mm-hmm. sent um, we sent Gaffney to Stockholm to these specialists so there's no shortage of being looked after anyway it says London there but lately we're hearing uh, it could be LA is going to LA wow yeah. talk about being looked after Jesus um, yeah, so that is it. Hopefully, more news on Fruja and good news. We're hoping so. The mega store reopens next week, Monday, seventeenth of May, twelve to four. This is a one-off special Monday opening. It will then return to the regular shop opening hours of Fridays and Saturdays, twelve to four, and May twenty-fourth onwards. So, click and collect is now available. They also have a very lum- limited number of Talatoin books available. Extremely Woo! limited. I mean, these are like hot cakes, gold dust. The lot. It's really, really hard to get a hold. These are going to be worth a fortune in a couple of years' time. You can just see me, my foot moving here. I'm, I'm pushing aside all the free copies I've had lying here. I actually can't here. see, Prof. There's a wall of Talatine. <laughs> uh, the book covers are moved to Talisadio and some historic events following the move, such as Cristiano Ronaldo's debut for Madrid versus the Hoops. Rovers taking on Del Piero and Juve and a league title win in 2010 and much more. So, 25 couple, couples. 25 copies available to order now, so get them in before this to avoid disappointment. Feels like feels like 2013 all over again. Get copies of Tata Time out in the world in the club shop. Brilliant. 
usually only see the odd copy on Amazon and you have to pay over the odds for them. But this is 15 euro. Chance to get that Well worth all the hard work gone in by McDarrett and Carl. So the club are also getting in pencils into the club shop. So people who want to paint the crest onto their copy books and their walls. And that you can get a Rover's pencil and you can draw all over your walls. It's going to be a fantastic addition to your pencil case. Um, these lovely Rover's green and white pencils. And um, you can also do it on anyone else's wall as well. So not even your own wall, your man, your dad's wall and everything. So other new stuff includes metal plates. Tala Stadium plates, so you can eat your dinner off these plates now as well. This is absolutely brilliant addition. You can get Rovers plates, and you can gobble your dinner off of those. We've got fridge ma- magnets, we've got foam crests. I think these are the ones you can stick on your head. These foam crests, like the like the fingers that you put in your hand, but these foam crests go on your face, and they just you can't really see much over. But the, you know you can look like a crest if you want. Um, Exciting times. Yeah, box of socks as well. You can get socks. By, that are inspired by old jerseys as well these are pretty cool actually I think it's called the Soccer Club sponsors of Friday Friday I'm in Louisville uh, podcast and Liam Guimarez so uh, those guys I think they sponsor them alright so hopefully you all ordered your programme yesterday and if not um, you're not on the bundle offer that is so Carl and Declan have done a 32 game unbeaten graphic so um we got the programs in. They you should you should have them by the time you're t- listening to this. You actually should, and if you don't, mm-hmm. they'll be disgusted. So you should have your program in your hand as you listen. I love the pleasant surprise when I talk to people about it. I just talked to my Dara. Um, it, this was before the Waterford game, and he was just like, "Yeah, I got mine yesterday, meaning Saturday." I just love how pleased everyone is they're getting it one or two days early yeah. before the games it's it and it's just yeah. a little bit of extra effort we're putting in it yeah. doesn't it's not much but me and the bear or the panda as he's known now uh Connor Foley good old Connor Foley friend of the show was playing a game in it was the DMC versus a Malawi 11 right D, DPH versus the Malawi 11 it sounds a bit strange but he he, he was playing in goal and there was this young one playing and it was a 50-50 ball. She absolutely clobbered him. Nearly knocked him out. So he now he's now no longer the bear. He is the panda. I saw him in the can. <laughs> he's got a beautiful black eye. I saw him in the canteen yesterday. This this is a shiner. It's a proper roundy one. It's a proper shiner. Oh, it's hilarious. But he took it well. Fair play to him. He didn't bottle it. So that's what happens. Like The Malawi 11. Oh, yeah, I think I'm nearly sure it was the Malawi 11. Yeah, Josh. Josh, one of the guys in the job. Guy from Malawi, so him and all his pals. I say the Doxhills were there, probably Simon up there. <laughs> yeah, I think they beat them, beat them six two anyway. But uh, yeah, no, so that was that anyway. But we've a mole, prof. We've a mole in Tifties. And I'm not sure who it is. Maybe one of your uh, prisoners that has a phone. Well, I was hoping you wouldn't know, Gary. And they're listening in. Gary, Gary, who is this? Someone, someone has gotten some information that is possible. There's no way they could. Someone find. has written an article in the program where my column would normally be. They haven't put their name in it, and they've dished dirt about this show. This is stuff that we haven't told anyone. Some of it is bollocks as well. What, what's the story with Guggenheimer? He should be sorting this out as well. So I was going to say, shame on Robert for printing this. Mm. Printing something like that's not verified, not substantiated. And we're talking about the Pats program being unprofessional. I'll tell you what, I thought we had higher standards, and I, I thought we had principles. Did. It seems it seems as if we're on the downward curve, though. But listen, we'll do our best to try and, and amend and the situation. And Gary, it seems like friends of ours have talked to this mystery person, you know, aired our dirty laundry, 
Scruff. But they wouldn't go on record. Manky laundry. Yeah. Scruffy, dirty jocks. And yet they wouldn't go on record and give their yeah. names. I know, yeah. Well, we're calling them out now. If you have something to say about us, say it to our faces. Listen, I wouldn't I wouldn't discourage people from reading the programme, but... I, just, I wouldn't well, read I, this, but I wouldn't read this one. Don't read this page, anyway. It's this true. is... Give us the privacy that we're entitled to as podcasters. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to actually list the hatred. Programme. List the hatred. Whoever this chap is, list the hatred. And the program, and Robert. Yeah. <laughs> so Dylan Watts brought up on Collie's Call. He's very good. I listened to it yesterday. And um, <laughs> something notable on the show was Carly turning around and going, Yeah, well, Stephen, well, he doesn't talk to me, so I can't really ask him. <laughs> so <laughs> Bradley's boycotted Carly, so he won't talk to him. But Well, then Carly's mind is boycotted. Uh, he was very good. Watsy was very good, you know, he was talking about Steve McPhail doing running sessions with him and all the little bits of, all the effort that they've put in as regards to, you know, extra little bits of effort that make you feel at home and getting to know your family. And There was two or three tidbits of info that was interesting. Like that, like you say, the, the extra sessions with McPhail. Because there have been question marks about, are, have we not been getting a great 90 minutes out of Watts? Like we've been, like he'll come on and give you a great half hour or a start, and yeah. he'll be, he'll run the show for for sixty minutes, and then maybe drop off. But it seems like every week now, he's open his game. Yeah, no, he is. He really is. And once again, like like we said, he's our little project, and it's, it's mm-hmm. continuing to blossom. I was just surprised that Cardi had a Roberts player on. I think he said he's tried. Gary before. Rogers was unavailable. <laughs> He said, I think he said he tried to get Al Mance before, but he, he couldn't. Uh, yeah, so that was it. Dylan Watson, Collie's Call. Check it out. It was a good show. Uh, club confirmed that Richie Tell has signed and will join the squad in a few weeks to prepare for match action when he's registered to play for Rovers July 4th. So European ready, he said on Instagram, that he wants to come home and have his, have his bring his girls home to Dublin. So once again, prof, hotbed of talent. Richie Tell. I'm nearly sure he's from Crumlin. He has to be from Crumlin. Have you seen him? The Nicky's in. Has to be a Crumlin man on the farm. So, um, yeah, once again, the hotbed of talent is producing absolute gold. And he's taken Jack's old 29 shirt. This, I'm not too sure if that's true or not, is it? We still have six available, don't we? I think we do, yeah. It's possible he could be taking the 29. Can we somehow work that in? He's our centre mid. He's our 29. <laughs> like Richie Tell. We'll get Staff and Jay Thomas to write two separate lyrics. And then face them off each other and mishmash <laughs> them together. Uh, so Richie Towell announced, and anyway, that is brilliant, brilliant news. And uh, I wonder, are all the Dundalk fans still going to be using those Richie Towels that they produced in their club shop? Don't yeah. forget to bring a towel. <laughs> yeah. So uh, brilliant news, really is. And uh, good luck with the starting 11s and lineups when he comes into the squad. Well, I actually refuse to do it from July onwards. I'm just going to leave it to you. <laughs> yeah. So Minister for Sport Jack Chambers has confirmed that fans will be back at sporting events in July. Is this the same dope that was talking about Liverpool? Can't remember. That's the same clown that was talking about Liverpool or United. He's, I'm a Liverpool fan. I think that's him. So once again, no. Is he friends with Paddy Murphy? <sighs> is, that, is that your man that was crying? Yeah. Is he, he's back again. See him crying. He actually cried. He cried over a team over, lineup. Over Ollie's team selection. An opposition team. Team's lineup. Yeah. He cried and put it online. A video of himself crying. I think he lo- I think he's a, a a masochist. Like he likes the pain and the the, the grief that he's gonna get off of this. He has to. There's no other reason you put that up. 
Absolute madman. But Jack Chambers confirmed that the Spartan events will be back in July. But he has warned that Spartan bodies will forcibly have to safely pass through test events while supporters will have to adapt to conditions of admission. They are meeting again this week. The GAA, the FAI and the IRFU are involved in that group and we will move that into government very quickly and plan tester events for early July. And if they work, and fans will be conscious of making that work so we can expand that capacity through the summer. This is about the phased and cautious reopening but I am confident fans will be back in the summer. It might not happen in the next two weeks but early July is not that far away. The government has agreed early July is when we will see fans back. I accept that people want to see a little sooner but we want to get it right. So um, I, I'm, uh, what I'd advise people to do is check your passports because if we do get a chance to go away and follow Rovers in the Champions League and you're like me and you realise that your passport's out of date so no yeah I thought it was 2021 and I checked it the other day and I think herself is hiding it and I can't find it so I said to her I have to get my passport renewed she was like why, why would you do that and I was like well Rovers away in Europe she goes is that right because the Rovers are back <laughs> the Rovers are back so gentlemen grab your passports before your wives confiscate them and hide them or do something because we're going to Europe baby uh, okay, so Arla Stanford tweeted, picture this Friday evening, July, strolling into Tallis Stadium. Raise Curry, point in hand, build me up, Borco blaring, start 11 and out. All generations of hoops catching up, and the countdown is on. Oh, man. The sun, bla- the sun blazing down. Ugh. Fucking Abo Beer Garden. Oh, when you lay it all out like that. <sighs> Jesus, I can't wait. Jesus. Can't it's come back quick enough. It's a killer. Uh, yeah, so now here's on to Prof's favour, starting 11. And predictions. So we've been doodling. As usual, I've been doodling. It's the only prep I do, Prof. I wouldn't even call it prep because I just come in and write in your pay slips. But we're going Manus, of course. We're going to go Manus. Um, this is actually a bit of a tough one, right? So Joey Joey tweaked, tweaked himself, right? So here, listen. Joey's dropped. So Grace or Pico. Don't want to take any chances on Joey, you know. Getting old. I'm going to make sure that he doesn't twing and again, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Grace Harpico. I'm going to go Scales on the left. I'm going to go Finn on the right. Finn keeps his place. Gary O'Neill Watts. Mandroyo, Burke and Gaffney. And I'm going to go for a 4-1. I'm going to go a little bit of a spanking because we're on form. Watts, two goals, two assists. Gaffney, two goals. 4-1. And that is the dairy result for me. Very confident. Very confident this against this dairy team. Gary O'Neill to run the show as well. Um, I'm only going to make one change. I'm going to bring in Gannon and Roy Wing back for this one. I'm going to. I think Bazzer is going to keep doing this. He's going to keep rotating Gannon and Finn. I think Finn might be getting on a little bit, and Gannon isn't exactly fit at the minute, mm-hmm. so maybe so. Yeah, that's not so a bad show. I think prop. he'll start Finn at Oriel Park on the Friday. That's what I think he'll do. Um, in the middle as well, I'd say. Mm. I don't know actually it's a tough one isn't it if he plays him in the middle and dock who ahead of who though exactly that's what you're talking about that's the dilemma that we actually don't have to experience in our life <laughs> that Bradzer has <laughs> on his table I don't see how he can change in the midfield though no he, he can't not for me because it was a good performance and against yeah. this dairy team that relatively inexperienced with young guys as well it's Gary O'Neill and Watts combination on fire at the minute there's, yeah. no, there's no dropping them for me and it's Bourke Mandroyu Gaffney up top Gold's galore in that team for me, 4 1. Team is getting very. Do you know what, 4-0. Clean sheet. I'm going to go for a clean sheet for, for uh, Big Al. That's the, unfair. The team is actually becoming quite settled now. Yeah. Although, 
Chris McCann. Let's say, let's say ish. Chris McCann on the bench though. Do you think at the start of the season, Bradder imagined his best eleven though, and he saw McCann on the bench? No, I, don't, I don't think so. I, don't I think, think so, I yeah. think he saw McCann as a starter. Well, I totally agree with you. But form is form. You can't drop, can't drop Gary O'Neill or what? Or Bork or Man, Mandrew because they're both they're all in form. Well, we can. We did last week. <laughs> yeah, you'd be careful here. <laughs> the only the only headache I would have is when Green comes back. Yeah, because I I just I. I hate dropping green yeah. for any game. And what about uh, predictions? Give us your predictions here for Derry. Gonna go with a 3 0 win. Did you pick any goals, Goris? I went uh, 2 for Gaffney, 2 for Watts. 2 for Gaffney, 2 for Watts. Well, I'll go 2 Gaffney as well. Ooh. And who will chip in with a goal? Um, Gary O'Neill again. Oh, yes. For unlikely goal scorer. Gary O'Neill and assisted by Watts. Oh, lovely! Created by Watts. Yeah. So yeah, so up next so, now. So we did our starting elevens there, Gary, oh, yeah. because uh, believe me, that this Anthony tribute is impossible to follow. That's why we. It's a tearjerker. But before we we get onto that, uh, Pat Byrne is on cold commentary. Go on, for Pat. The game on Saturday. I like how they're getting these foreign players. He had John Cody on for the. Waterford game is it? Mm. I'm expecting big celebrations when we score as well. That's what we got. Who's <laughs> Rudy? Who's your man with the mouthful of coleslaw? <laughs> Rudy. <laughs> Who does the dairy one? Yes, yes, yes. Who's that? I don't know. Can't remember who it was, but either way. Yeah, so dairy the only team yet to win a, a home game this season. Were you aware of that? No, very good. I like there that. They won a Sligo on balls. I think it's the pitch. I don't think the pitch suits. I, I, like a, maybe they're struggling with that pitch. Fucking Astro, you know what I mean? Was it Brian Murphy that said on the, on the been podcast? Someone, he, anyway. said, yeah. he said Derry are going to struggle because of their own pitch. Oh, it's terrible. It really is. And they're the Derry documentary, Gary, I know it came out about a month ago and people have talked about it, but I only watched it for the first time there. I didn't get a chance. I heard it's absolutely During the brilliant. week. And yeah, it's excellent. I love football documentaries, especially like the likes of there's a Bocco one. It's brilliant. Uh, the Spores one, you know, just all these docu class in '92, just really interesting match day accounts of of uh, football clubs. Their class. Yeah, it's called a different league because Derry, of course, spent 13 years in the wilderness, had the, no club essentially, and then someone got the bright idea: will we go south to join the the League of Ireland in 1985? I love the Rovers, the role that Rovers played. Rovers came to the Brandywell for a friendly the year before, nineteen eighty four. Mostly for the fact that their manager was Jim McLaughlin. Oh yes. A dairy man. And that that played like that was a factor. I actually didn't realise that Derry just pulled a bunch of locals together for that game. Like, what, like just they, they me and you playing up front. They didn't have a team, like they weren't in the league round. And they drew one all. They only won. Robbers just got a penalty in the match. But um, yeah, that's just some of the footage was excellent. I love like the the worshiping of of um, the gamma. Remind me of our worshiping of Twig. You know that that love of a striker. Yeah, yeah. And there was a great clip of, I think it was the, the gamma won a penalty, and the crowd are on the touchline. It's really old school. 
And just for winning a penalty, there's a, there's a pitch invasion. Let him score it, lads. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. And, uh, oh, you couldn't help but have a big grin on your face watching this. Like, oh, this is football. I think I was looking at their Twitter Sometimes. as well recently. They got a mural put in, Mark Farron, beside Brian McBride's one as well. It's a lovely little touch. It's in the new stand, I'm thinking. Mm. I'm guessing it's in the new stand because it's really... Uh, it's a really nice little touch and they brought in his family and stuff like that just to walk around. But they've lost some really influential players. Like their all-time top goal scorer has passed away. Their yeah. captain passed away in tragic circumstances. It's fucking terrible. Great club though. I have to say I have a lot of respect for Derry. My favourite way trip as well. Interesting <laughs> ups and downs in this documentary. It's an hour long. Just after that, what I described there about the pitch invasion and the gamma and, and all this, it just cuts to the, the narrator. And he goes, there are still occasional kneecappings. <laughs> I swear to God. That the, the odd bomb has to be put in the graveyard by Martin McGuinness. It's just... What, the occasional kneecappings. What a hard cut that was. My God. <laughs> what was the reason? What's the reason? No mustard in that fucking hot dog, mate. <laughs> We're getting kneecapped. Well, they kept providing the backdrop of, you know, the troubles. Which makes sense, because that was, that was integral to the, the whole story, but... Yeah, obviously everyone knows the story of McGuinness dropping the, the bomb down the cemetery. Saving the Benfica match. Like. <laughs> they didn't even know. Amazing story. It's like, listen lads, hmm. the bomb in the graveyard beside the ground, but you'd be grand. Play away there. Just yeah, don't br- kick the ball really far, it might knock off it. I was reading about it earlier, yeah. apparently he dropped it down and then one of the board directors who was with him just said, is it gone? And McGuinness just goes, yeah. Yeah, be grand. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there. That's crazy as well. Um, I don't know what year this was, probably um, 87, 88 maybe. Derry brought 19,000 fans to an FAI Cup quarter-final. I heard this a way totally match dismissed it. I heard it and totally dismissed it. To Cork. Is that real? How did they bring the whole of Derry to, to Cork like? When saying that, they brought fuckloads to fucking Paris. Or shitloads to Paris for that PSG game. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Good club, like we said. Not a lot of time for them. Sounds like a crazy figure. There were, it, it wasn't... 19,000. They kept saying that they were the first team to do Couldn't the treble. take Cork over. One thing that wasn't annoying, they kept saying they were the first team to do the treble. That's nonsense. Oh, 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 oh Prof. Robbers did league... Prof is coming in to scalp people. Robbers did league cup and shield trebles three times, I think. So, that's, I mean, the shield... Or the, the League Cup was the replacement of the Shield. Mm. When they won that treble in 1989... The it league, was the first one of that particular The Shield, League Cup or? had only come in in 73, 74, I think. Right. So you're talking about a competition that was only barely 15 years old and you're saying we are the first team to win the treble. Nah, meh. They're the only team to do that, that particular treble. Mm. Still. Exactly, yeah. Which we, we denied in Doc. Uh, imagine that, of course, two uh, years yes, ago. Yes, do you remember that? That was great. So yeah, that's my thoughts on the uh, one. One last thought on the dairy documentary. Um, one thing that was very noticeable about how things turned around for Derry, how they w- ended up winning uh, the league and the cup. It was just after Noel King left, because as we know, like most things in life, everything gets better as soon as Noel King leaves. Did he make them take their tracksuits off before he left? <laughs> Because Garrett, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, I hate Noel King. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, we get him on the show soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the dirty part of the podcast. 
done for today. Great stuff though, I love Derry. Great great way trip. Always look in fairness is always always look after us when we go down, so no issues there. But uh, next up we have a, a tear jerker prof, Agent of Chaos, Anthony aka Waffles. Okay, so we're gonna hear from Paul Weaver, Glenn Dunn, Amanda Walsh, Eric Brennan, Jerry Desmond, Billy Boy Gleason and Anthony's eldest daughter Quiva and his wife Lorna. So um here we go. Paul Weaver. As a lifelong Rover supporter, there are a few fans who come across week in, week out, home and away. And without doubt, within that cohort, there's a few who just stand out. And Anthony MacDonald was certainly one of those. I first got to know Anthony MacDonald about four years ago with Bill Gleeson, Glenn Dunn and of course Anto when we re-established the junior hoops to get the kids back interested in soccer again. From the very outset, Anto would warn me, he was, as he said himself, a bit like Marmite. He said, you'll either like me, he said, or I'll drive you nuts. And to be quite honest, there was far from a bit of a big mixture of both. Over the years, before his old-timey death last year, I discovered we shared three major loves. Our love of our kids and a shared love of both Shamrock Rovers and, of course, photography. Anto had his innate ability to take one photograph in a hand while holding a packet of Meanie Crisps or a packet of Tato still in the other. Anto never needed the latest gear or jersey or top. Trouble is, Anto always managed to garner off a player or a coach somewhere along the season. So stories of Anto, say for instance, being on the dart while wearing Tommy Stewart's match day socks the night after Tommy took them off are stories of legendary. Anto's untimely death last year left a huge void in the Junior Hoops family and indeed a wider Rovers family. And the outpouring of grief and support was no more evident than the literally hundreds of donations the GoFundMe page received after the JH administrations had set it up to support his family. Anto will always be a Rovers legend. Like many of the players have gone before, he'll be remembered by his Rovers family and for his work with the Junior Hoops. Hope he's resting in peace. Glenn Dunn here from the Junior Hoops. My first memories of Anto would have been just seeing this guy wandering around Richmond Park, helping out whatever way he could, whether it was flags, you know, milling around the dressing rooms, just wanting to be involved, got to know him. And it was strange to hear a guy with an English accent so heavily involved at Rovers, to be honest with you. Didn't really know him all that well, but would see him regularly. Got to know him a little bit more when himself, Brian Mason and another guy called Eric uh, were involved in setting up the first junior hoops in the first year of Tala. And again, he was always there. He was always helping out. He was, he, he's the background man. He just does all the little jobs that need to be done. Um, again, didn't know him all that well, but anytime you seen him, said hello to him. He would always have his girls with him, whether it was Quiva or Fania. Um, they were always there. And he could be there from early evening till well after the match. And for a guy that doesn't drive, that's a huge commitment to make. Like he had to get two or three buses to Tala every week, but he was always there. So I got to know him a little bit better when we got involved with the junior hoops myself, Bill and Paul. And again, he was maybe not front and centre, but he was always in the background doing numerous little jobs and he could be quite frustrating because you'd ask him to do one thing and he'd be doing 10 things at the same time but he always seemed to get everything done the the night when we got the bus down to Galway he was in grey form to be going away and be again be involved be surrounded by all the kids and having the bit of laugh 
and the free sweets. He loves the free sweets and fair play to all the lads from the Gary Twig Supporters Club who looked after us that night and to Pat Flynn. I mean, Anto was in heaven. He thought this was the best thing ever. He would be there, he'd be putting out flags, he'd be doing whatever you needed him to. And I got to see him at under-21 games, women's games. He was always there. The morning that we... The morning after we beat Dundalk 3-2 last season, we held the Junior Hoops lunch. And again, it was late night, Friday night, I'm sure he got home. But Saturday morning, there he was, front and centre, helping out, giving the dig out, whatever needed to be done, yeah, I'll do that. And away he went. Again, after that, we played Galway in that horrendous storm in the fourth division. And again... Anto was there. He didn't leave. He was hanging around to watch that match. And again, he gave everything to Rovers. He was also involved in the scouts, the railways, and whatever else he needed to do locally, he got involved. And fair play to Anto. You're the air that keeps things going around the country, volunteering. Look after yourself, Anto, wherever you are. Look after your girls and your young lad and Lorna. And again, hopefully you look after us. The best memory I have of Anto was the night that we beat Bowles after the long losing streak or unwinning streak that we had against them. And after the game, we were down in the corner at the junior hoops end and Anto says, will we get the flags out? And of course, we all ran, got the flags and we were in our elements. We loved it. Anto's waving them flags, big smile on his face. Brilliant. Look after yourself, Anto, and everyone else, look after yourselves. K.O.H. Amanda Walsh, here with me, my memory of Anto. It was uh, 30th of August, 2019. The famous night we beat Bowes 1-0. Borky's goal. Just before the match, I'd bumped into Anto in McDonald's of Fania, laughing, joking, what you reckon tonight? I said, ugh, stomach sick. We've had a bad run of it, you know, Anto. I think we'll draw. I think we'll draw. And I says, yeah. But we had Jack there hoping for good things. And into the stage, I'm Eric Brennan. We've got this, Amanda. We've got this. I said, you reckon? He goes, yeah, yeah. No, we're going to take it tonight. It's like, good, good buzz. It's match going on. And sitting just up from Anto. Borky scores. Chips, lollipops, everything we all had in our hands. Drinks went flying. <laughs> Screamed, shouting. Such joy, absolutely brilliant. The nerves down for the rest of the match, obviously, held on. Final whistle goes, ah, oh, the elation. The stadium erupted. We all ran down at the end, right to the corner, beside the Junior Hoops end at the gate. Paul Weaver into the Junior Hoops HQ, comes legging it out with a bag, a big pile of flags, hands them all to the kids and the adults. I went to hand me one and I handed it off to someone else, Donahue. And I stood back, myself, Eric Brennan, stood behind them all. Glenn, Paul, all the kids, Anto, Fania, Quiva, standing on the wall, taunting the Bows fans in the corner of the East Stand, rage on their face, and us singing, giving it loads. It was utter joy, pure joy. Couldn't believe it. Best night ever. And that's probably one of my favourite. Favourite memories of Anto, it always will be. And to have the video, to have that bit of footage for 
the junior hoops for Rovers, family at large, and for Lorna and the kids. It's just just proud moment for me. Glad I got to do it. Glad I didn't take the flag and film them. Just brilliant. So I'll always remember beaming, smiling. That's the way I'll always remember Anto. Um, I only really got to know Anto kind of around 2019 or so when um, my young lad joined the junior hoops. I always look he was a he was a larger than life character. He you know he, he stood out from the crowd. Um, you'd always know him and see him and give him a nod and uh, how are you doing? But um, I only really got to know him to chat to, as I said in the kind of the 2019 season through the through the junior hoops. And um, what an absolute stand up guy! You know he couldn't do he couldn't do enough for the kids. He was just you know, he was full of he was full of life and full of love for Rovers and you know, we just wanted everybody else to be okay and have um you know, have a have a great experience at the match. Um the, the first real proper good chats I had with him was on the um was on the bus to Galway in the uh in the cup when we when we done a junior hoops day trip down there and um you know we had the kids lined up in front of the bus and taking photographs and um you know, he was just full of pride that day. He had a he had a great time. And um, the the one memory of Anto, apart from the from the cup final video, you know, um, when he's full of joy and emotion, was the uh, when we beat Bows, um, when we when we broke the run, when we beat them, one nil in in Tallaght, Graham Brooks scored the goal, and uh, at the I suppose the square end of the stadium after the game, um, we were all celebrating and having a great time and slagging the Bows players and that, and out comes Anto, loads of flags and. Uh, we're waving the flags and you know Anto just he absolutely reveled in it and uh, it was a it was a great moment but um yeah he's he's sorely missed and uh, God bless Anto. Hello everybody it's Jerry Desmond here just wanted to say a few words about my good friend Anthony MacDonald aka Waffles. First got to know Anthony about 20 years ago through my sister who was friends with Lorna, Anthony's wife. So I would have met Anthony at a few events, and he always struck me as a very kind, likeable, friendly sort of a chap. So fast forward a few years, probably halfway through the 2010 season, I'm bringing Lennon, my son, who was four or five at the time, we're on our way to our very first Rovers game. We got out of the cars, we parked it in the Tallaght uh, Square car park. I hear a loud scream, Jer, it was Anthony and Quiva, dressed head to toe in Rovers gear. So when I explained to Anthony it was our very first time going to a Rovers game and weren't really too sure how we'd go about getting a ticket, Anthony said, look, don't worry, we'll look after you, stick with us. So we did. And we went in and sat together. Anthony's love and passion for Rovers was absolutely infectious. His knowledge about Rovers' history and the League of Ireland in general, it's just amazing. Love listening to him. I never forget that first game together, it was just brilliant. So, we sat together then at every home game, when we started going to away games, having the time of our lives. Lennon was hooked, I was hooked. Going around watching Rovers with Anthony and Cueva was just brilliant. We loved it. Fast forward to the 2011 season. Myself and Anthony, we'd go halves on a family season ticket. Two adults and two kids. We saved a few quid getting it together that way. So many amazing memories with Anthony and Quiva going to the games. 
Bray away in 2011 when Rovers won the league. One of the Bray staff asked uh, Lennon and Cueva would they like to accompany the players onto the pitch before the match. Um, of course they wanted to do that. So they put over, uh, give races and the red car t-shirts over the Rovers gear and they walked out with the players as flares and fireworks went off in the Rovers end. What an amazing night that was. I'll never forget that night. Myself and Anthony and Lennon and Cueva drove home that night after winning the league, singing and screaming and talking. And we parked the car outside Anthony's house, probably stayed in the car for about an hour chatting and celebrating. It was brilliant. I remember so many other great away matches and cup finals and junior hoops events, meet the players. Superman's fourth birthday party, just that time with the kids and Rovers and brilliant memories. I remember once being at Anthony's house, Lorna said to me, Jer, get Anthony to show you all his Rovers gear he has up in his room. He's got more gear up there than the Rover shop. She wasn't wrong. He probably had more gear up there than the Umbro factory. Anthony took great pride in showing me all his jerseys and programs and telling me all the funny stories and the history. He was so knowledgeable. Anthony had a great attitude. He was always positive, always happy, always smiling. No matter what was going on on the pitch or in his personal life, he was just always happy. Um, after a Rovers defeat, when the players didn't play well, he'd be the first one to run to the tunnel, to clap them off the pitch, to encourage the players. Anthony just had a great quality like that. Just always blew me away. My last home game, sorry, my last away game with Anthony was Bowles away, the 15th of February 2020, when Greener scored that winner in the 93rd minute. I'll never forget that night. Daily Mount with Anthony, we went absolutely mental when that final whistle went. What a great memory to have. I'll never forget that. The last time I saw Anthony was at the 3-2 win when we bet Dundalk in Tala. What a night that was. Full house, 7,500 people there. At the end of the game, Anthony said to me, Jer, we're going to do it. We're going to win the league this year. He was right. Oh, not a day goes by. No, I don't think of you, Anthony. I miss you so much. Anthony was a great hoop, and he was a great friend, and I miss him every day. Rest in peace, Anthony. Keep on hooping. Hi, this is Bill Gleason. Thanks very much for asking me to be part of this. I got to know Anthony when the junior hoops were restarted, so he was one of the parent volunteers, along with myself, Paul and Glenn. Um, didn't know him at all before that. So, yeah, meeting him for the first time is fairly full on. Like, yeah, he's extremely enthusiastic guy um full of ideas he'd been involved with the junior hoops uh, the prior incarnation of the junior hoops so had loads of ideas um things to do um things to try merchandise all that kind of stuff um that we uh tried to kind of uh, take on board and incorporate so every week we you know generally be trying to do something different and um he'd be on the phone uh so what are we doing this week uh oh I don't know, guard of honor or you know, giving out sweets or whatever it was. And right, right, right I'll, uh, I'll get up to the stadium already and uh, set up and take a lot of photos and I'll do this and the other. And sure enough, like you know, he'd be at the stadium 
kind of religiously early and you know he, he's always traveled on public transport normally with his own kids and you know uh, a pack of other kids um you know that he'd bring along to matches as well friends and uh things like that and he'd be there early and he'd set up he'd you know be taking photographs that we used um for years uh, uh in the program and on our facebook page um loved rovers um you know, huge kind of a uh, huge fan, kind of, you know, new history going back uh, to the year dot. Um, went to the away matches when he could. Uh, we uh, ran a great trip to Galway uh, one time uh, on a bus. I'm sure somebody else will mention, but that was great fun. But uh, e- even without that, um, you know, he, he'd always be around. He kind of uh, seemed to have a great knack to uh, befriend uh, players and befriend kit men as well, because he'd always kind of have a, a you know, a, <laughs> training top or something uh, uh, adorning him uh, he was a lovely fellow as well like you know he's very caring um you know and interested in people i guess you know that was the thing that you know he he, he just chat away and you know you, you'd find there was always common ground to be found with him that you know there's a few kind of things spring to mind um first uh, like uh, he found my mum's from Wexford. um his mom's from Wexford. i was involved in uh, editing a book about Wexford, uh, about local history, and um, uh, he uh, took a copy down to uh, proof copy for his mum to go through, kind of give feedback on. That was lovely as well. Um, he at one stage we were just you know chatting, and he found out one of my kids is dyslexic, and you know he kind of honestly at the next match he kind of took him aside and had a wee chat with him about coping and you know coping strategies around you know dealing with school and how he kind of. Uh, knew how to de- deal with um, uh, dyslexia and things like that as well, which is quite touching. Um, yeah, uh, huge Rovers fan as well, obviously, um, as, uh, as we all are. But he'd always uh, take great enjoyment in kind of noising up uh, other fans or trying to have a little bit of intel uh, that nobody else had. You know, the, you know, I was coming down the Lewis today and you know, there's a lot of Pats fans on there. They're, they're, they're doing do this, this or they're hanging out in the Maldron or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, there's always something with that. He was, you know, 100 miles an hour. It can be very disarming too, as well. Like you know, he'd uh, he'd you know just be very open. You know, he didn't have a filter uh, himself and didn't expect I think most other people to. So um, we were watching a match together one time, and you know, he just turned and said, you know, uh, so uh, why are you doing this? What do you get out of it? So Jesus, yeah, don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I had to kind of step back and. Uh, yeah, it's community, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's what I get. Yeah. That's why I do the scouts and you know the cycling and the, uh, all the other stuff he did. Yeah, that's what, yeah. It is. Yeah, you know, and uh, it, it, he kind of uh, articulated something I hadn't really thought uh, too deeply about. Um, I guess yeah. The last time, last time I saw him, uh, well, we had the Dundalk game. We watched the Dundalk game a lot of it. We watched a lot of that together up at the Yellow Gate up at the top of the main stand. And then the following morning, we had a junior hoops event in the stadium, um, where uh, Stephen Bradley brings the kids on a, a tour, uh, and you know there's players there and all this kind of thing. So that was the usual kind of. Um, Anthony brought his usual kind of level of uh, chaos to. Uh, I think he ran the front desk that morning, so. It was, <laughs> great crack <laughs> trying to do all that and then Jesus a couple of weeks later you know get the text so I, I've been admitted to hospital um, and then a couple of days or weeks after that 
that um, the texts are come from his wife uh, not Anthony um, he'd, um, uh, he was in a coma and then obviously you know when, when we heard the news it, it, it was just uh, it was heartbreaking you know to for a guy in his early 50s to leave a young family behind um, Jesus you know we're it, it was desperately affecting um, there was a, a GoFundMe then for funeral costs which I took I, I guess every every part of the club um, uh, was touched by his passing, uh, and that was reflected by by the messages um, and the memories uh, that, that that were um, brought back. Uh, sorry, that were recorded in that um, in in that GoFundMe, and uh, that was something that really kind of brought home, I think, his mantra of um, the club being a community. So uh, I miss him, uh, miss him terribly, and um, thanks guys for uh, running this uh, memorial for him. My earliest memories of matches with Dad, um, I was around 2004, 2005. I was three years old at my first match. It started off with my dad going to matches and then going to pubs afterwards. So my ma told, um, told him to bring, her, bring me with him so he wouldn't go to the pub after the match. But then he just started bringing me to the pub after matches. So, you know, life's funny like that. Um, but my fondest memories, one of my earliest memories, actually, um, Dad would be bringing me up the stairs. I remember being really high up and being like scared almost because it just looks so far down for a little kid i'm guessing that's normal but um i remember being there and the, all the loud noises and the singing and stuff and i got really into it at a young age but i have glimpses and one of the things i remember is dad and me running for the train Always, any time we went to a match, we'd always be running to get home or to catch a train or a bus or a Lewis to get home after a match. It was just part of going to football, really. But, like, it started off with me being little, so he'd put me on his shoulders. And as he'd run, I'd put my chin on his head. He used to give out about it because my chin would be banging off the top of his head. <laughs> it must have not been pleasant. But, uh... I remember him telling me, taking me off his shoulders, being like, you're going to have to learn how to run if you're going to keep coming to games. And I did learn how to run. I mean, I've been catching buses and Lewis's all throughout going to matches with Dad. Um, but yeah, well, actually, the recent match I got to go with him was Bowes away. And brilliant match. Uh, we won. <laughs> it was a good it was a good time and I just remember being able to bring um I remember we were going to get the train but we had we had a bit of time which was rare um but I went to a chipper and I bought him a bomb chips and he was so humble about it he was like oh you don't have to and I was like I'm buying you chips so had a proper munch on the train afterwards and he was just happy, he was just, you know, being able to give back 
I mean, after matches, I'd be, as I got older now, I was like, you know, 18, I was able to buy him pints and be able to share a pint with my dad and stuff. And after matches, which was I basically anything, it was just really normal, but also rewarding for me to be able to give back to him in the small little ways. Um, but like anything that we've done through Shamrock Rovers, he's always been proud to be the unofficial camera guy. And he's always been uh, Anthony, and he's always been like, he's always been the big boy, the big man running around taking pictures. And yeah, people have come up to me and be like, oh, you're Anthony's daughter. And then it, and then it flipped and it was like, oh, you're Quiva's dad. And people got to know us separately and then together. And I think Sean Grover has really helped that. I mean, he really was happiest when he was giving to others and he got to give a lot when he was doing the junior hoops and everything. So he definitely, he definitely misses it for sure. Um, but yeah, he just, he's always been good with kids. So and I think from what I was seeing over, over the years, it just, he was happy. He was happy in Rovers and he was happy just watching the matches and being with him. And actually, I'm actually so grateful for him to share from Rovers and football with me because it's become such a big part of my life. And I love the game, I love the sport, and I also love the club. So it's really hard not to be grateful to him for such an amazing Gift, I'd say. Gift. I remember the friendly in, in the Aviva. We went, we were playing Liverpool, so it was the big match. And uh, this, all you could see is this whole of the Aviva is full of Liverpool fans. And they're all sitting down and they're all quiet. And I remember like, and you just see this little tiny corner of some of Grover's fans were all standing up, screaming, singing our hearts out. Nothing could kill the mood in that little section there. And I remember just looking at my dad and seeing him smiling away. Anytime he started a song or a chant, he'd like nudge me and be like, do you see what I did? Do you see what I did? And it's kind of adorable. I always saw that. He's kind of like a big kid at heart. So... I remember him just any time he was singing or started a chant, he was so happy. Big smile on him all the time. Hi, uh, this is Lorna, Anthony's wife. Um, firstly, thank you very much for doing this. Uh, and thank you for asking me to say a few words. It's uh, nice to be able to talk to about talk about him. Uh, you know, not being able to have a, a, a proper funeral or being able to say anything. So, uh, thanks. Um, Anthony being a Rover supporter for uh, close to 30 years, I suppose, uh, you know, well before I met him. Um, I think one of my earliest memories of him and Rovers was uh, him coming home from a match with Quiva, our eldest. She was only, couldn't have been more than maybe three or four. He came home with her on the shoulders after winning the, the match was won. And uh, he was saying that it was great, uh, you know, 
Cueva enjoyed it, but she fell asleep in the second half and that's when the goal started coming in. So I remember the next match you brought her to, same thing happened again. She uh, fell asleep during the second half and the winning goals came in and so she became the good luck charm then and every time she was brought to the match she was made sure she fell asleep in the second half. Um, yeah, so I mean, like he, he loved Rovers. He would catch the games, you know, uh, as often as he could, you know, in, you know, in the early years. But uh, then when the kids got that little bit older and started bringing them to the games and, you know, Quiva really enjoyed it. And then the uh, the junior hoops was uh, set up and, you know, he really got involved with that. Uh, he just, he, he loved the club. He loved the, it wasn't just, I know like it's been said many times, but it really isn't just a football club. It really is a, a community, a family spirited to it. And uh, I mean, he's always worked well with kids and loved to, to him being able to help kids to give back to them it was just it was something he loved to do um like for for him to get to go to, go to the matches you know we, we don't drive so it'd be a, a bus from the house into town and then the Lewis from the town out to the stadium so you know prep for match days was started the night before the the bags would be packed with the the drinks and the, the crisps and uh, the snacks and uh, you know the jumpers and jerseys everything would be laid out before the kids would go to school so as soon as they come home from school they were on the bus at three or four into town and they'd out to Tala and uh, into McDonald's to get a, a quick bite to eat before heading over to the stadium for setup. Uh, camera in tow um, I mean, he, he loved taking the pictures and capturing the, the happy moments and people's smiles and uh, you know, he'd put so much work into sorting out the pictures when he get home. Uh, I mean, I think I've, I think I've probably seen more pictures of all the kids and the players that you know than I have of anyone else that I know. He'd make sure that the pictures were, you know, the the, the best of the, all the pictures that, um, uh, you know, they were all cleaned up and tidied, and then he'd send them off over to Bill, and he just he he. He he loved being able to do it, and then it gave him such a sense of pride to see the pictures in the the programs or on the website or on the the Facebook page. Um, uh, and obviously, well, the, the, my two daughters got involved in it. Queen uh, and Fania, uh, all the friends that he'd made with it, and uh, he, I mean, he the stories he'd come home with. He always came home in a great mood after a match, win, lose, or draw. And, uh, you know, big discussions about it at home. Um, Stories he'd find out, but he'd always, he always made a connection with somebody, uh, whether it was through the football or scouts, cycling, trains, places they'd been. Uh, I mean, it it got to the point where he couldn't go anywhere with Anthony. Didn't matter where it was in town or down the country, he'd always bump into somebody he knew from something. And the kids used to roll their eyes, uh, you know, especially, you know, getting on a Lewis and he'd bump into somebody from football or he'd bump into a player. I think I've met more players outside of the ground than I have inside of the ground, you know, meeting them and their families outside shopping or something like that. And, uh, you know, he'd always came home with some sort of kit from the fo- from a match, whether it was a, a jersey or a pair of shorts or a pair of socks so he'd use turn the socks into socklets for the kids when they were doing their cool camps I mean he would joke you know he's a we've enough 
gear in our house to kit out the entire league, I think, at this point. But no, he truly, truly loved Rovers and the, the spirit of the camaraderie and, and the, the sense of community that came with it. I mean, it, it meant so much to him to be able to be a part of it. And then that extended to the, the Ireland ladies matches uh, where we'd bring the, the giant, I think we have a 20 foot by 10 foot Irish flag and he'd put it up in the stand. Uh, he'd go to he'd go to as many of the uh, the junior games as well that he could to support the youngsters, uh, which was great. Um, and like I said, the kids love going to it and all the, the, the day trips out the, that would be run. He just, he just put everything into it. Yes, I suppose he could be intense at some times with his uh, enthusiasm. Um, but that, that, that was him. I mean, he put 110% into everything he did. Uh, always made sure everything was just right. And um, he loved getting to know people. That was just him. He just loved chatting to people and getting to know people. And he was a walking minefield of history knowledge and facts and figures and all sorts. But, you know, being that he was like he was on the spectrum himself, he had dyslexia, dyspraxia as were kids. So he always had an affinity, especially if he came across, be it an adult or a child, um, who had dyslexia or something like that. He'd always try to pass on any tidbits and you know, helpful coping mechanisms that he dealt with to pass them on and try and help other kids. Um, yeah, so I mean, I remember the, the two games at the start of 2020, uh, the two, uh, the home games and the, the, the ones that he can get to, it, the other, you know, Pats and Bows. You know the, the the those two matches he went to they were in the pouring the rain and the storms. I think Storm Dennis was at one of them, but they went out and they and they, they won the matches and they came back all happy. Uh, I mean, one of his closest friends is actually a Bose fan, and they drive to the matches together. And depending on win, lose, or draw, you know that that set the tempo in the car for driving home again. But it it, it was just. He loved it, and it didn't matter what who's what fan you were. He always got on with everybody. Um, and then, like I know, like when when he got sick and ended up in hospital, after uh, going through his phone, he'd contacted a few people, like his, you know, friends. He contacted Bill to say he was in hospital, and then the the worst he in the coma, and the three and a half weeks then of just the, the phone calls to the hospitals and. You know, I let Bill and the lads know and the support that came in from from them and from Stephen and, and the players. It, it was phenomenal that the support we got and then the GoFundMe was just, was astronomical. It, it was unbelievable. I mean, it, it gained traction and I mean, the, the, the players, the, the, the fans, the junior hoops, I mean, uh, we were so overwhelmed and so grateful for it um, I mean I'd never realised just how many Rovers fans you know were out this way in leagues of, um, and you know the, the, the day of the funeral I mean like when you allowed 10 people at the funeral my folks were stuck in Spain his mum was down in Wexford so I mean I had we had we had family here which was we were lucky and thankful for but uh, I mean the 
there was the, the whole community came together. There was a guard of honour going from our doorstep all the way up to our local church, both sides of the street. There was Rovers fans with their jerseys waving the their holding their scarves up. Um and then when you know when we got to the church we had the, the scouts and the teachers and the students from the school were there. It was just it it, it was overwhelming and so so phenomenal giving the fact that we were in the, the heights of a pandemic and weren't supposed to be out just to see so much support given by everybody it it's, it really really meant a lot to us and 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 since then you know Bill and Paul and Glenn and 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 you know all the junior hoops like you know we see Anthony's name being mentioned in the the, the WhatsApp group and uh, video clips of them being put up I mean it's just it really, really shows just how much of a family and community the the whole Rovers uh, club and fan base are. Um, so thankful that uh, that he got the opportunity to do that, and that he, you know, left his mark and meant meant a lot to so many people. Um, it, it means a lot to us. Uh, but you know, thanks thanks very much for doing this and. Um, it, it was really lovely to be able to to say the few words. Thank you. Yeah, Prof. So uh, I think your dad's making the dinner in there, cutting onions. Must be going for the old steak and onions. Jesus, that was uh, that was emotional, wasn't it? Not a joy eye in the house. Well, here, you. absolutely emotional stuff, and just lovely, lovely tribute to a a, a madman, an absolute legend. And it turns out it was him because I texted Bill and he said. I remember just getting random texts and he he'd be telling me Wrexham are on the boat and they're coming over, they're wearing this and that and he just getting involved in all the little mm. little tidbits of, of match day derbies and stuff like that and it turns out it was Waffles in the end. But an absolute gent and a lovely, lovely man and just proper rovers, true and true and it's so sad that we lost him so early but those those tributes just make make you smile and cry at the same time. So... Thanks to everybody who sent them in. They're really, really heartfelt and lovely, aren't they? Like a couple of people said, the way you remember him is is, is how happy he was yeah. all the time. Hyper happy is what yeah. we nearly say. You know, he was over the top. And you could you could hear it in the way they described. The man loved Rovers. Mm. The man lived for the Rovers game every week. Like just a true fan, and you gotta love a chancer as well, don't you? You gotta love a chancer with all the gear he had, and asking everyone a pair of socks yeah. here, a, little, a pair of shorts there. I love that. Brandy was dead. Jerry Byrne kept giving him all the, all that gear from the games. Ah, deadly, <laughs> yeah. brilliant. The kid, man. But um, I think I said a while back that I was finding it quite easy to put these together, but not necessarily true. Uh, I I do need a helping hand. For example, the Maureen one, uh, Karen, was, was great for that. Uh, Danny Boy Cleary, his son Dave, put that together himself, basically. Uh, Robert Goggins was was great. Did a bit of detective work to find out who I should ask for uh, Joe Merriman. And in this case, Bill and Glenn from the, from the Junior Hoops. Uh, massive help for, for this segment, so thanks to all those people. Excellent stuff. So that is it for this week. A fitting way to uh, end a a very very happy show this week, considering we got the the late win and a big one for Anto. So um, that is it. See you next week. I keep on hoping. See you. Just best win of the season so far. Yeah.
come true It can happen to you If you're young at heart For it's hard you will find To be narrow of mind If you're young at heart You can go to extremes With impossible schemes You can laugh when your dreams Fall apart at the seams And life gets more exciting With each passing day And love is either in your heart Or on its way Don't you know that it's worth Every treasure on earth To be young at heart